Let's join the worship center at Life Church, where the service is already in progress. So, before we get started this morning, we're starting a new series. I want to read to you Revelation 21 5. You won't have it in your notes, so you can make a, a mark of it to the side. Right under there, okay. Acknowledging. Yeah. Revelation 21 5 says, And he sat up on the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, Write these words, or write for these words are true and faithful. Behold, I make all things new. For the next few weeks, I want to talk about restoration. And I want to talk about um, getting back to the way that God designed us to be. Uh, because, you know, in the Garden of Eden, the whole entire Bible, if you study the entire book, books of the Bible, every single chapter, every single verse, is pointing us back to restoring us back to the Father. Restoration is all over the Bible. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about restoration and how God wants us restored back to our relationship with Him. He wants us restored to the way that He designed us to be. He doesn't want us, you know, going through life like we talked about with our last series, under the curse, not being in his intent for our life. He wants us to walk in the blessings that he's provided, restored back to him. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about restoration in different areas in our life. We're going to start with Psalm 23. Very familiar passage of scripture for us. It says, The Lord is my shepherd to feed and guide and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life. Yes. Do you feel like your life is in need of refreshing? Do you need feel like you're in need of, of restoration? We're going to learn what the Bible has to say about putting God's principles in action in our life so that we can experience refreshing and restoration in every area of our life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, right standing with Him for His name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep valley of the shadow of death, I will fear and dread no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice that he says the rod and the staff comforted. They, the shepherds use the rod and the staff to bring the sheep back in line, to correct the sheep, to get them back in line. You're, the comfort by protection, they also use the staff to ward off enemies. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my brimming cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy and love shall follow me all the days of my life, and through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. God wants to, us to make him our dwelling place, where we reside. He wants partnership with us. He wants to work in and through us. He wants to refresh and restore our life. 
And we're going to talk about the areas that God wants to refresh and restore over the next few weeks. Isaiah 57, verses 14 through 15. And the word of one shall go forth. Cast up, cast up, prepare the way. Take up the stumbling block out of the way for the spiritual return of my people. For thus says the high and lofty one, he who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. But with him also who is a thoroughly penitent and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the thoroughly penitent, those who are sorrowful for sin. God wants to revive our heart. He wants to revive us and restore us and refresh us. He never intended for us to walk through life just dragging and, and exhausted and stressed and depressed and Amen. worn out. Amen. He designed us to walk in life. Amen. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Right. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have and enjoy your life. That's right. And have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. That's God's design <laughs> for us. He wants to restore us. Joel 2, verses 12 through 17. Therefore also now says the Lord, turn and keep on coming to me with all of your heart. That's the first point of restoration. If you hadn't already done that in your life, that's the first stop of restoration. Turn and keep on coming to him. Turn and keep on coming to him. Look away from the old life. Look away from the old connections, the old relationships, the things that get us off track and out of balance in life. And turn and keep on coming to Him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. What do you do when you're teaching a kid to walk? They stand up and, and you let them get their feet about them and then you let them take off. And you know that they're probably going to topple down. You know, after the first few steps, you know, they're teetering and tottering, and then they go, you know, they're just going to fall over. When we first come to know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, there's a learning curve of learning the things of God and learning His kingdom and how His kingdom operates and how to walk in it. And so we're going to be teetering and tottering like a little toddler trying to learn how to walk in this thing. And we'll fall over from time to time. But like my dad always said, when you mess up, confess up, and keep going. Keep on coming to him with all of your heart. Amen. It goes on to say with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, until every hindrance is removed and broken fellowship is restored. God wants us to chase after him. To seek him with all of our heart. Nothing held back. Not holding back any area of our life. Giving him everything. Keep on coming with all your heart. Keep on coming with fasting. What does fasting do and why is it important? It helps us to put our flesh in submission to the things of God. It helps us humble ourselves before the Lord. It lets the power of the Holy Spirit work stronger in and through us. 
What did Jesus say when the, the disciples couldn't cast out the demons out of the Father's son? He said, and they were like, why can't we do this? He said, this time only comes with prayer and fasting. Fasting is an important part in the life of the believer. Come with weeping and with mourning until every hindrance is removed and broken fellowship is restored. God wants us to be truly sorrowful for the things that we've done wrong. To come at him so broken about the way that we've, and realize that we've been living a false life. We haven't been living the truth. With weeping and mourning, with sincere coming to him. Not just looking for fire insurance or a get out of hell free ticket, but a sincere, true coming to him. And it says, keep on with that until every hindrance is Thank hindered. you, Lord. Every and broken fellowship is restored. That's what God wants for your life. He wants every hindrance removed. Yeah. He wants broken fellowship restored. Amen. He wants it like it was in the Garden of Eden. He Amen. wants that close, personal relationship with you. Yeah. And it's our choice if we will restore fellowship and live that restored life. He goes on to say, rend your heart and not your garments and return to the Lord your God. What does he mean here, rend your heart and not your garment? He wants true turning to him. He wants it to be an inward life thing, not just an outward life thing. See, many times we got the outward life thing. We, we can... We can drive up on the church parking lot and be like, oh, bless the Lord on my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. And we can see everybody and say, hey, sister, hey, brother, praise the Lord. We're in the house of the Lord. We're enjoying life in Christ. And then on Tuesday, when life bumps us and pokes us and prods us, our inward self starts coming out. And that inward life starts showing up in our outward life. God wants a true inward fellowship with Him. He's not just looking for us to look like we are serving God. He wants us in our heart, that our heart be directed towards Him. That our entire being be directed towards Him. That's not just something that we do because somebody else told us we should, or because Grandma always brought us to church and we always prayed before we said our man, you know, say your grace, say grace. He wants an inward life with him. Rend your heart, not your garment, and return to the Lord. So he wants our inward life cleaned up, our thought life, our spirit life, our mind, our will, and our emotions that no one else knows or knows about. How would you change and how would I change my thought pattern if there was a screen above me that rolled every single thing that I was thinking about? How would my thought life change? How would my mind patterns change if I knew that there was a rolling screen above my head that everybody could 
see what I was thinking and what I was dwelling on and what I was meditating on. How would our emotions change and the way that, that we interact with ourselves on the inside change if we knew everyone could see it? God desires true inward connection with Him. Not just something that we do as a religious act or because we think it's the right thing to do, but true following God. Serious commitment to Him on our inward life, not just our outward life. For the Lord your God, He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. He revokes the sins of evil when His conditions are met. Who knows but, will, but what He will turn and revoke your sins of evil, leaving a blessing behind Him, giving you the means to which, by which to serve Him. Even a cereal or meal offering, a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Set apart a fast, a day of restraint and humility. Call the solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom come forth from his chamber in the broad outer closet. Let the priest and the minister of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, I pity and spare your people, O Lord. Give not your heritage to reproach, that he the nation should rule over them, or use a byword against them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is your God? So what is he painting a picture here of? He's painting a picture of a true coming to God. Not just a religious act. Not just something we do because we feel obligated to do it or forced into it or feel like if we don't do it, then we're some kind of horrible person. But because we love God and we want to serve Him and we want to do the things that are pleasing to His sight, we realize that, hey, we have messed this thing up and we are truly sorrowful for the shape that we've gotten things into and we are ready to fully come back to Him inward, out, everything in between, fully handing everything over to God, repenting and weeping between the porch and the altar, coming to God truly sorrowful that we have messed it up and ready to restore things and move forward with Him. Now everybody quotes Joel 2.25 when they talk about restoration, but they don't look at the beginning of the chapter of Joel. It takes this kind of turning to God for restoration to come. God's not looking for just our outward acts, although we are to outwardly go and act as a believer. He's looking for our inward heart to act like believers as well. He's looking for our mind to act like believers as well. Joel 2.25, he says, I will restore or replace for you the years that the locust has eaten, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, the crawling locust, all these locusts, my great army which I sent among you. God wants to restore Amen. our life and refresh our soul. 
but it takes the beginning of the chapter of, uh, two of Joel to get to the end of chapter two of Joel. And he goes on to talk about how in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit and the times and seasons that we currently find ourselves in. Restoration will come if we will line up with his word and come in line with his operating principles. To restore means to bring back to a state of health, soundness, or vigor, healthy physical or mental energy or power to live in vitality. And that's what God wants for us. So this morning we're going to start looking at one of the most important things that God wants to restore in and through us as believers. It's one of the foundational things that will help us walk out our life in Christ. It's a, it's a bridge to every other part of restoration in our life. For our health, for our um, stewardship, for our relationships. This one thing helps hinge all the other things. And that's our joy. Amen. Our joy is important. Three little letters in the alphabet blended together into the one word joy is very important in the life of a believer. We're going to find that out in Scripture. This one thing brings power to the life of the believer. Psalm 51, 10 through 12 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right, preserving, and steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. I want you to think about when you first came to know the Lord. When you first started believing in Jesus. <coughs> or maybe a point in your life where you had already come to know the Lord, but you were reading in the Word and you had some revelation come to you about the Word of God and it really began to mean something on the inside of your heart. It wasn't just something that you read, it was something that you meant and, and, and it, it brought life and joy to you. How did you act? What was the feeling on the inside of you? You were excited. You were joyful. You were looking forward to the things of God. You were ready. God wants that in our life continually. He doesn't want it to be just, oh, you know you know how um, I've, I've seen it before in church. Somebody will come to the Lord and get really excited and they'll be bringing people into the House of God left and right, going out and telling everybody. And then all the people in the church will just look at each other and say, well, they're a new believer. We should all have that kind of excitement about the things of God. It shouldn't be something that wears off with age in Christ. God wants to restore the joy of our salvation. But what are the conditions for restoration? Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. David wrote this after a time where he had, he had messed it up. And he was wanting to come back in line with God. He was sorry for the things that he had done. And he wanted that restoration in his heart. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right Steadfast spirit within me. 
Don't cast me away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. God is forgiving if we are willing to come to him and repent and turn and ask him to create in us a clean heart. He is willing to forgive us. He stands ready to forgive us. Restore the joy of your salvation. If you've been stressed out and burnt out, just feeling like life is on autopilot and it's just dragging you through, and life is definitely happening to you, not you happening to life, I encourage you this week to pray Psalm 51 in your life. Restore the joy of your salvation. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Begin to speak that over your life. Begin to speak those words in your life. And they will get on the inside of you and begin to create change in and through your life. Why is joy so important? Why are we starting off with joy? Why does a lot of our life in Christ hinge on joy? Nehemiah 8.10. Ezra told him, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and be not grieved or depressed, for the joy of the Lord Amen. is your Thank strength you. Amen. And strong. The joy of the Lord Amen. is our strength and our stronghold. Amen. That's where our strength comes from. That's how we make sure that we don't fall into depression. That's how we get out of all of these mind games that we play with ourselves. And then all this wrong thinking that gets us messed up and twisted up in our walk with Christ. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The devil knows that if he can get our joy, he can get us to get off track with God. He doesn't come at you and say, go over there and kill somebody. But things happen in our life to see if we are going to become this wise. And discontinue. Because when we start getting grumpy, everything gets off track. I know I find that true in my life. If I start feeling grumpy, everything gets off track. And it seems like it just snowballs and grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You won't be strong in the Lord without the joy of the Lord. Don't let that snowball this week in your life. Hang on to your joy. Matthew 5, Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace. God wants us to be makers and maintainers of peace. Keeping ourselves at peace. Hanging on to our joy, not letting it go. Psalm 30, 10 through 12. Hear, O Lord, have mercy and be gracious to me. 
Oh Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end of that, my tongue and my heart and everything glorious within me may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever and ever. So how do we restore joy? How do we take back joy? Worship is the way back to joy. Praise and worship to our Creator is the way back to joy. You've heard me tell this story before, but there was a time in my life where people were saying all manner of evil against me. Saying lots of negative things, hurtful things. And if you're serious about your life, you've had times in your life where you felt like people were coming against you from all sides. And the way that I worked through it is I came over here one day and put on that Judy Jacobs song, My Soul is Anchored in the Lord. Look it up on the YouTube sometimes. It's a good one. And I began to pray that God would help me not hang on to this, that I would let it go, that I wouldn't hold anything against these people, that I would not, that I wouldn't walk in, in grief over this situation, that I wouldn't walk in stress, that I would fully cast it my care onto the Lord and let him handle it because he would be much better at it. And after, I don't know, I think it was about 35, 40 minutes, an hour or somewhere in that time frame of me just praising God and worshiping him and thanking him. All of a sudden, I wasn't mad There came a tipping point where I didn't care where I was just focused on God. And all the things that were going on around me didn't seem to matter to a hill of beans. Praise and worship is the quickest way to restore joy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Getting in the Word of God. Meditating on the Word. Praying the Word of our life. And worshiping our Creator. That's the quickest way to restoration in any area of our life. But remember, everything hinges on our joy and our love and our adoration towards God. And then that spills over into adoration and love for others. And then we start fulfilling the commands of God because the Bible says that on all, all these commands hang on those two things. Loving God. With all your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit. And your neighbor is your soul. And our life begins to line back up when we begin to worship and praise God. And we begin to find joy in life again. God didn't design us to go through life overwhelmed and grumpy and just... <clears throat> God wants us to have and enjoy life. Thank you, Lord. He wants to turn our morning into dancing. And it comes through praise. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, 
Because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives, Amen. and the opening of prison uh, of, and of the eyes to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, the day and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant consola consolation and joy to those who mourn in time, to give them an ornament or garland of beauty instead of ashes, the joy, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of expressive praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit, that they may be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be. God wants us to walk in joy. Oh, Notice the way to walking in joy according to Isaiah 61 is to help somebody oh. else. I found that when I get my eyes off of me and my own self and my own situation and I start building the kingdom of God and doing good for others and blessing other people, that I in turn find joy find peace, that I don't feel depressed or down or upset about my situation anymore. God has anointed you and has, has brought you to this earth to do the very same things as Jesus. And what did Jesus say when he was reading the scripture in the temple we were talking about this tonight? He got up and read the same thing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm here to preach the gospel. He goes on to say the, the exact same things that Isaiah said. He was reading from the scrolls. We are to do what Jesus does. We are to do what we see the Father doing. And that will bring joy and restore joy in our life. Jeremiah 31, 9-13. It says, they will come with weeping, pouring out prayers. I will leave them back. I will cause them to walk by streams of water and bring them in a straight way in which they will not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles and the coastlands far, far and away. And say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from the hand of him who was too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion and shall flow together and be radiant with joy over the goodness of the Lord. For the corn is the juice of the grape and for oil and for the young of the flock and the herd. And their lives shall be like a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow or languish any more at all. Then will the maidens rejoice in the dance, and the young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them, and make them rejoice. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your joy. Notice that this all flows out of praise and turning back to Him. That's where our joy flows from, praise and turning back to Him. Every scripture.
looked at this morning has began with rending our heart, with coming back to Him, with lining our life up with His commands, with praise and adoration for who God is. Amen, amen. Thank He you, Lord. Done. Thank and you, out God. of that comes the joy. Amen. Thank out you, of Lord. that comes the Thank peace. You, God. Thank out you, of that comes the life that God has designed for That's us. Right. A restored That's life. It. Out of that comes relationship with the Creator. Look at Psalm 51. Same Psalm, second verse. Verses 6 through 8. Behold, you desire truth in my inner being. Make me therefore to know wisdom in my inmost heart. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness and be satisfied. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. All of this is the same pattern with God. Getting our inner man right with Him. Not just our outer man. Getting our inner self right with Him. Getting the wisdom of God through His Word. Getting washed up. Then worshiping the Creator. And then hearing the joy and gladness and walking in satisfaction. What does Romans 11, 12 tell us? Never lag in zeal or earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice and exalt in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be consistent in prayer. So even when we're walking through difficult times, because we will walk through difficult times, but we can have joy in the difficulties of life. That's right. We don't have to walk through difficult times in depression. We don't have to walk through difficult times isolated and alone. We don't have to walk through difficult times with our insides in turmoil and, and just unrest and not knowing which way to turn. We can walk through difficult times in joy. Rejoicing. Because rejoicing is a choice that we make. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Don't give up. Keep on walking and what you know to do is right. And being consistent in prayer. These things will drive the joy in our life. Worship and praise. Patience. And consistency in our prayer life will Drive joy in our life. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight and gladden yourself in Him. Notice it says gladden yourself. Not wait for somebody to come along and gladden you for you. That's right. We're not always going to walk through life with a cheerleading team going, You can do it, you can do it, you can make it, you can make it, keep on going, keep on going. Go team! we got to stir our own self up. Stir our own pot up. That's what Paul wrote. Stir yourself up in your most holy faith. Gladden yourself 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Gladden yourself in Him. Not looking at your circumstances and deciding if you're going to be glad. That's right. But gladden yourself in Him anyway. Amen. And again, I say rejoice. Let all men know and recognize your unselfishness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near and He's coming soon. Don't fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition and definite request, with thanksgiving. Amen. Notice we keep on coming back to the same things over and over. From the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. Amen. We started with the Old Testament, we're ending with the New Testament. It's the same pattern in all 66 books. Amen. Coming back to the Lord. Cleaning ourselves up on the inside, not just taking a shower on the outside. Well, they always used to say, you can throw some lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. Getting ourselves cleaned up on the inside. Yeah. Not just on the outside. And through prayer and fasting and searching out the scriptures and being consistent in these things, that will drive joy and peace in our lives. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state for the soul assured in its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God, being content with this earthly lot, whatever sort that is. That peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount a guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So what is, what is Paul telling us here? He's saying you've got to set peace up like a bodyguard in your mind. You've got to guard your peace and guard your joy. And not let any circumstance or any situation come and take it. Because there will be all kinds of people and all kinds of things that happen in our life to come and take our peace. But they can't, and situations can't, unless we hand it over. Set up the peace of God as a bodyguard in our life, in our mind, and focus on the right things. Focus on the God things. Don't focus on the situations and the circumstances. Focus on the Savior. <coughs> we can go through life confusing the mess out of everybody around us. When people see the things that, as a testimony to God, when they see things that we walk through, and yet we walk them out with peace and joy. That's a testimony to God's character and us allowing ourselves to be molded into God's character. Jesus never walked up to those coming up against him and saying, 
Now, y'all guys, y'all just stop that right now. This is not fair. I'm just so tired of this. He never turned to his disciples and said, you know, I'm just getting sick and tired of this. I may just call this mess off early and go back to heaven. These people are distressing. He said, let that peace mount a guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is winsome and gracious, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on, weigh, and take account of these things and fix your mind on them. Amen. Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And model your way of living on it. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, will be So how do we allow joy to be restored in our life? We fix our minds on the right things. We fix our mind on the Word of God. We fix our mind on worship to our Master and our Savior. And we dwell on the Word of God. We dwell on what is good and lovely and kind and a good report. We don't dwell on the evil report. We don't dwell on the mess. <laughs> we dwell in John 16, 19-22 Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him and said to them Are you wondering and inquiring among yourselves what I meant when I said in a little while you'll no longer see me and after a short while you will see me? They weren't getting this whole Jesus is going back to heaven and then he's coming back and then they're going back with him the whole rapture and you know, taking us back. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that you will weep and grieve, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, and your sorrow will be turned to joy. A woman, when she gives birth to a child, has grief and anguish and agony because her time has come. But when she has delivered the child, she no longer remembers her pain and her trouble and her anguish because she is so glad that a human being has been brought into the world. So for the present time, you're in sorrow and distress. But I will see you again. And then your heart will rejoice. And no one can take from you your joy. Amen. No one can take from you your joy. You may have walked in here. Like Jesus told the disciples, being sorrowful and grieving and distressed and stressed out. Restore your joy this morning. Don't let anything, any circumstance, any situation take your joy from you. Yeah. Hang on to your joy. How do we hang on to our joy? Through cleaning up our inner life. Lining ourselves up with the Father's loving instructions. And then being consistent in praying.
greater praise and worship to God. That's how joy is restored. And these are simple things that we've heard time and time again. Pray, get in your Bible, worship. But it really is the key to restoring joy. Don't let yourself be distracted by things. No worries. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. You can write to us at Post Office Box 1004. That's P.O. Box 1004, Monticello, Arkansas 71657. Or you can email us at lci.monticello at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also check out our website. It's www.getlife.co. That's www.getlife.co. There you can find Pastor Kelly and Pastor Josh's sermon notes, and you can see what's going on all through the week at Life Church. We would love to have you in one of our services with us. Join us Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for our worship service. Pastor Kelly ministers, and it's a great time in the presence of God. Or you can join us for Digging Deep on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Pastor Josh digs into the Word of God, connecting the Old Testament with the New Testament and giving us a fresh biblical perspective from God's point of view. We hope that you have a great week this week. Remember, go live to make God look good. God bless you till we're with you again.